Welcome back to the Phoenix College Athletic Podcast. I'm Coach Cameron. I'll be your host for episode 19 as we bring back the Hall of Famer, the national championship winner on repeat mode, Christine Kincaid, otherwise known around the office as KK. She's back for her second appearance. Why? Well, in episode eight, we talk about her playing career, which is extensive, going from Central Arizona all the way to Montana State and how she won two national championships, how she was the first female athlete to do so. And now we're going to talk about her coaching career and how she ended up at Phoenix College and what she does with student athletes at the two-year institution, which is save lives. And that's what she does. I love watching her work and how she works with student athletes. We're going to talk about that in episode 19. Welcome. KK, you're back on the show. You were on episode eight where we covered your playing career. Now it's episode 19. We brought you back, and now we have visual so people can actually see your face uh, instead of the audio. So how are you doing, KK? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Like I was just, we were just talking about uh, before uh, the show that, you know, we're trying to get a little more creative during this uh, COVID lockdown. Uh, you know, I'm building things and you're cooking books and, <laughs> and doing other things. But um, let, let's, we already covered the, the things you did in the pre-show. And, and I, I have a link in the description uh, of, to go to episode eight if anyone wants to know more about your uh playing career, but we're going to move on to your coaching career. But before we do that, uh, you were in Sports Illustrated, uh, featured for what? Before we move um, on to coaching. So I, I wasn't coaching. It was uh, playing. So mm -hmm. I was one of the first females to win two national championships and at two different levels, uh, both a junior college and an NEI level and uh mvp for both both tournaments so um it's cool because as you get older you know that stuff really starts yeah. being important when you're younger you're like yeah, yeah yeah you know it's a nice award but i'm like yeah so back in the day you know i remember joe montana's on the cover and he's got all his rings with the football holding it it's kind of cool yeah. um, when he was with san francisco so um but yes making that that was pretty cool um, they send you a nice little letter and then a, a, a real silver bowl with an inscription of Sports Illustrated on it. I need to, it's somewhere and it's tarnished. So, you know, somebody probably thought this old bowl, like, what is this? I need to go and polish it. So, but it, it is real silver, which is cool. You know, my, my brother was on the front page of Sports Illustrated. Nice. And he didn't play past high school. So he was featured with Mike Bibby, part of Team Dime. There you go. And I'm like, how in the flip do you get on that? I mean. Your family's famous. Yeah, apparently. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk about your coaching career. Uh, as soon as you finished playing, where, where was your first stop in coaching? So let's see. I um... – so I left, uh, I was out in Montana playing and was in transition to come back and do student teaching because 
um, I was going to teach and got all set up and came back and then found out that I still needed two classes. So they did, you know, the whole graduation check and they're like, hey, you got to come back. You know, obviously today we can get online and do all right. that fancy stuff. Back then, you'd have to go back to where you had went to school and it would have been out of state and it for two classes and or I would have to take full load. Anyway, long story short, I just said, all right, I'm going to have to figure something out. So I got a job and decided I would go to NAU. And uh, so I was taking like a class at a time. And I was actually working at uh, America West, which, you know, obviously they've all been bought. I don't know how many people bought them anyway, working there on the ramp. And so I was traveling, feeling pretty good. And I would run into my old coach, uh, Lynn Larson, down at Central Arizona at the community college I went to. And she would always say, KK, you need to come down and just help me coach. You know, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to school. I'm still trying to finish because at NAU, I had to have now 32 credits from their institution. When you transfer, you have to have 32. So I ended up starting that and it felt like it was taking me forever. So she would come and get recruits at the airport and I would see her. And so then I'm giving them the spill like, hey, you got to go there. It was the best thing in my life. You know, you know, and they'd come from all over. It would be international. It would be Texas, back east, you know, Philly, you name it. Iowa, where I'm from, California, Pacific Northwest. So, again, she's had athletes all across the U.S. and the world, basically. And so I would always be there, you know, giving them. And so then it was almost like she would call me. Hey, I'm picking up. A, are you working? I'm picking up. <laughs> are you working? Come, come help me. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, I am working. So, and that whole recruitment piece, because I do love to talk, um, just started. And then she said, listen, they are starting a pilot program for NAU, a satellite where you go in, where it's virtual, you know, and this was, you know, pretty um, as far as technology at that time, because it was, let's see, 96. So it was 96 and they were just starting this whole satellite program where you could law or you would go in a classroom and watch the instructor uh, live. And so NAU had a program down there at Central Arizona and she said, listen, come down. Um, I'll pay for your schooling as an assistant coach. I'll give you a little bit of a stipend and a little bit of the stipend, I think, was a thousand dollars for the year. So dang. I don't know how I lived. Let me tell you that. Uh, it was definitely interesting, but you, when, if you can survive those times. Uh, so I did. I just said, screw it. I, I really wanted to finish school. And then I, I wanted to coach. You know, I, I missed it, you know, as an athlete and definitely, you know, being a competitive, highly competitive athlete. I just, I missed it a lot. And I really enjoyed talking to the recruits when they came in. And I, I just wanted to be a part of that whole development of these kids coming in and just, you know, really helping them. So that's where I started. So I started, um, I coached there from 96 through 98. And um, what's interesting is, uh, so that year in 98, which is the flip, 89 is when we won the national title. We were the first national title uh, there at Central Arizona for women's basketball. 
And then 10 years later, I'm back and I'm coaching and we win the second national title. Uh, and I did that as an assistant coach uh, there at Central. So that was pretty cool to, to be in that, that atmosphere and everything I learned as a player, then I got to kind of put in as a coach and, and really just be a mentor and help because obviously Coach Larson is like the, the grand scheme, the wizard of all of that. She, she has been there or had been there for, I want to say, 38 years of coaching and seen it all, done it all, and just had been a part of, you know, a, a beautiful growth there. We called it the sport mecca because every sport team was ridiculous. You know, track was national champion, softball, who Mike Candrea, he was a coach down there, and then he went to U of A, and then um, Clint Myers, he was a softball coach there. He ended up going, he was a baseball coach, and then he was also um, a coach at ASU uh, softball, and then went on to like Clemson or something. Anyway, just the the entire campus was, I mean, world-class athletes. We'd have Jamaicans and African, everybody, every walk of life was there. And it was definitely highly competitive in every, every sport. So it was a great atmosphere to be in because you're talking about super athletes. Right. So it, after that, where, where did you, I'm getting feedback. I'm going to have to pause it first. So f transitioning from uh, central Arizona, where, where, where was your next coaching stop? So at the national tournament, you know, I got a few um, kind of interests from coaches, um, a couple of them, like University of Oregon, um, that coach Jody Rungi, and they were actually doing well back at that time. And she's like, you know, would you consider coming out there? Uh, I really need help in the recruiting department. You know, we need minorities. We need to really be... Uh, a school that, you know, we can try to entice anyone to come. We need diversity and people are afraid. And so I was like, uh, maybe not so much. And I, I really wasn't ready to go that far. Uh-oh, we just went out. Oh, are you back? Yeah, no, I have you. I, I'm frozen on your screen, but I'm good on mine. Okay. Um, and so actually I got a call from UC Riverside. Uh, they were looking for a coach, and so they were in transition to go um, from Division Two to Division One, and this was in '98. So I was there '98 to '99, and um, I was there one year. It was actually great. So it was a good transition for me uh, to go into the four year as an assistant and learned a lot. And then, you know, while I was there, <clears throat> I ended up. Uh, another school, University of Nevada, the head coach over there was like, hey, I, I really would like you to come aboard my program. What what can we do to get you out at Nevada? And I'm like, well, I mean, it, it just was that transition just happened. So it, it kind of just took off. I went from the junior college, then, you know, a year over at UC Riverside, and uh, then went to University of Nevada and was there in 99 through 2003, I think it was, three or four, somewhere around there. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how that all started. And, you know, just have really been over the years, 
really been blessed to, to have been a part of, you know, some great young women and really watching them blossom over the years, you know, and, and I do, I will be honest, I do miss that four-year level because I feel like you get to watch them build and grow right. and, and you have a part of that for four years versus, you know, here we get them. It's like, you got to get it and go, you know, and it's, it's hard because I, I like to develop. I like to have that, that piece and it. It never fails. You know, when kids go to the next level, they're always calling, Oh my God, coach we love you. And man, you know, we wish we would have really listened and we wish we really would have really sunk in what you said, because they, you don't really appreciate things until they're gone or it's yep. different, you know? And so they realized how good they have it here at Phoenix college and, and what we do, because when we do go to the next level, it is different, you know, and, and not to say that not programs couldn't provide that, but it is home. We are really, we really, try to provide the best experience at a two-year level, but it is almost the exact same as what it would, what it could be at a four-year level. It's interesting you bring that up because a lot of my past athletes, especially the division ones, want to go in division one, they have to go division one and they end up division one. And then they come back and say, the best time I ever had was uh, at Phoenix college. And I always ask the question why and all this stuff. And they really didn't understand why, um, I understood why it was mainly because when they're at Phoenix college, you're not, you're not handed anything. You have to work for er everything. It's Mm -hmm. not like we have uh, an athlete's like, Oh, they're, they're, they're eating up $40,000 of our scholarship budget. We're going to have to play him. It's not the case. So um, everyone's on an equal playing field, whether you're getting a little bit of money or financial aid or whatever it may be. You're, you're you're competing for it, but I think there's something with not being given things and suffering and going through that process of dealing with it, and then once you get through it, uh, you're realizing I'm like that. You know, that was the best time time of my life, and, and not not to talk too much, but the I I correlate that on a vacation I went on. So my my father-in-law took me on a fishing trip. He took uh, his son-in-laws and his sons. And we went on a fishing trip. I'm like, oh, cool. We're going on a fishing trip. It was miserable. <laughs> it, it was work. You were up at 5 a.m. Right. fishing all day, come back for lunch, back on the boat, and go fish again for, for <laughs> five days. And I'm like, this is the worst thing ever, oh, ever. And, and by the end of the week, because uh, my wife and her sisters, they went to, like, New York and – Wined and dined, and I'm like, that's where I want to be. (laughs) But when the trip was finished, I was like, after processing, now knowing what I went through, I was like, I want to go again. This was awesome. You just don't know that you don't know kind of thing. So um, I think that has a lot to do with it. So let's talk about you're an assistant coach for a couple years at Phoenix College, and then you became the head uh, coach, which now you're entering your 11th season, I believe. yeah, it's your 11th season. Talk to me about you've coached at Division One, Division Two. Uh, they're transitioning uh, junior college. What's the what's the difference as far as coaching? You know, what 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 are, what are the jobs that you have to do at junior college versus what you have to do at the university? 
Well, <clears throat> obviously budget is the biggest, you know, thing. And, and at the community college, you do everything. You know, if, if you want to be good at something, you do it all. You know, you have to make sure you understand. And it's, it's kind of like being the one-stop shop, you know. You have to know a little bit about financial aid. You have to know about uh, registering. You have to know about admissions. You have to know about eligibility. So we, I would say, and, and I say this all the time, we as community college coaches really could be really successful division one coaches because of how much knowledge and, and how much work we have to do. So when they come in to visit and watch, you know, uh, our athletes, they're seeing us running from one end, going to the other. We're having to, Oh, I got to go to this meeting. I got to fundraise and we're, we're having a bake sale. Oh, we got game management. Oh, we, we got to do this. They got weights. So I'm going to take them over there. And so we're constantly doing all these different jobs. And sometimes that can be difficult because typically our assistants get, you know, that thousand dollars or whatever it is, which, you know, again, thank God we have them and they usually do it because they love the sport, but right. we do a lot of, we wear a lot of hats and at our level and the type of school we are, the type of athlete, you have to know, you have to know who you're recruiting. You know, you have to know your, your group, who, who are, who is our athletes, you know, where do they come from? What, what are their needs? And typically, you know, I'll get the kids that, you know, academically maybe need to brushen up a little bit. And before they get to that four-year level, um, you know, it's, they don't have the luxury of a two-parent, you know, home. And so there's a lot of different strikes against them, but at the same time, they see this as an opportunity to get to the four year. And then I also get the high academic kids that maybe experience wise, they need a little more. So, you know, we, we've got a good healthy balance, but, you know, in the, in the big scheme of things, I think I probably attract kids that maybe have uh, a lot of challenges, but yet if they realize they've survived as much as they've survived in life, that that little 94 by 50 feet should be a piece of cake. And sometimes it's just teaching them that, is that you have survived some things that most people could never survive, you know? Right. And then here we are trying to be supportive and being a mentor and a brother and a mother and a father and all these different things to these kids. And they don't get it sometimes until they leave. But uh, yeah, we, we do a lot. We do a lot. And, and the the difference uh, of kids we get, the, the student athletes, the, the pool of student athletes is huge, meaning uh, we're open to anybody. So anyone pretty much can qualify. There's always a way at our level, like even kids without a high school diploma, there's a way. So we show them the way we get, we show them how to go through the process of getting a GED. And then we go through a lot of different things. We'll get division one athletes to kids that haven't graduated high school. So we have to know how to deal with all of that versus a division one program. Oh, you don't qualify. All right, next. I mean, they deal with, you know, typically kids that are being taken care of. They have a mother, father in the home. They're, they're just, they have the fi financial means to actually make it happen. Uh, right. We have to be creative at all times because the one thing I don't like doing is deny an opportunity when I know right. I can figure it out. And that mm -hmm. takes a lot of, a lot of time and energy. So right. yeah, you have to be very creative. And then of course uh, 
you have to be a counselor, advisor. You have right. to do all the things to make sure that, like, you know, you can do these things. You can graduate. You, you can right. go through this process to qualify. And we push them all to qualify for Division One because you don't want to deny them the opportunity. So right. it's... um it's it's a never-ending battle so let, let's talk about um some of your past players uh who who comes in mind i don't want to put you on the spot and have some of your past players get upset with you but um <laughs> any any players come in mind that you know came to phoenix college under under your program that went on that you were just totally elated for them that you, you didn't think they were going to make it or i don't know what, what kind of stories do you have for me and our listeners about what you've what you've seen as far as someone coming into your program and helping them along the way to continue on. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's, that's all the stories, honestly, to be real honest. And I, it's hard to try to single them out. I mean, I can tell you some from an academic side, from an athletic side, from just being told no coming in, you know, one, I mean, I, I, there's lots of stories. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is that when they come to Phoenix College, it's it's about that opportunity and it is about that growth. I, I think that uh, one that comes to mind, I don't wanna like share too much, but she was at a program that was shutting down and she was, I mean, high class athlete, definitely everybody in the conference wanted her. And, you know, she had a lot to do because the program that shut down never really said, hey, you still need to finish out the semester. <laughs> so her and along with some other athletes just kind of took off, you know, again, not yeah. that accountability. And uh, so she ended up having to do quite a few summer school classes. And when she came in, everybody else, you know, here's the letter of intent. They're ready for her to sign. And yet she still has to complete, you know, her summer school. And I'm thinking she comes in because we had open gym and it was during the summer. She comes in, she goes, Hey uh, coach, I'd like to talk to you. I want to play for your program. And so I'm like, uh, you know, we need to sit down and talk before all that. And so then I'm looking at her grades and everything. And I'm thinking, Whoa, I don't even know. <laughs> you know, I've seen some really interesting transcripts. I'm like, you almost have to take a full load during summer and that's unheard of. You know, it's definitely unheard of. I go, is it possible? Yes. I go, so I, I won't, I won't be able to look at you until you finish those classes. And uh, she's like, yeah, but everybody else is signing me. And I said, I, I just, I need to know you're vested. I need to know you really want to A, be here. And let me tell you, Dave, so I'm saying that, and I'm thinking inside, oh, my God, I really want this kid because <laughs> she's legit. You know, she is the real deal. And I, I took and said, well, you figure it out. Uh, come to me at the end of the summer and you let me know if you pass those classes. All right. And I turned around and I walked out to the gym. <laughs> so every, every step I'm like, oh, my God, I sure hope I did the right <laughs> thing, you know. And she, she turns around. She says, coach, you'll see. I'm going to play for you. <laughs> you and i said okay i'll see you at the end of summer so what happens this kid blasts these classes gets them done gets eligible comes in throws her like transcripts down on my desk and it's like told you i could do it told you 
and went from such a low grade point average that this kid went over a 3.0 while she was here, ended up graduating. And I'm telling you, it was like a transformation, but no one ever challenged her. No one ever, you know, made her accountable. And it's unfortunate that sometimes when athletes are so, you know, I mean, they're just so athletic that they're almost being used. And, yeah. and that's the unfortunate part. And I think that kind of comes back to me playing and me understanding what it's like and all of that. But, you know, she just had to be pushed and, and be accountable for her actions or lack thereof. And so, I mean, came in all American. I mean, she got probably some of the first quadruple doubles that had been seen here at Phoenix College. Um, and I mean, she was an athlete. She was always playing pickup with the guys. You know, we'd have practice and I'd walk in and she's just constantly in that gym. I mean, if she wasn't in the gym, she started going to the study center and started getting help. And and it, it was amazing to see that transformation. And then that's, again, one of the biggest things that she said is, you know what, coach, thank you, because nobody has done that. And she had a lot of D1 offers and ended up wanting to go to Canada, went there and um, ended up, you know, again, it, that's a long ways away. And I don't think that they really knew her needs. And um, she ended up leaving and then going back and finishing up and then uh, is playing professionally. So again, uh, that's one of them. I had another kid that had been at Pima and um, she came in and I mean, that GPA that again, you know, we are the door of opportunity, you know, all you got to do is push. So she comes in, same thing, coach, I really want to play for you, I want an opportunity, and I'm thinking, okay, you're going to have to redshirt, there's no way, there's right. not enough classes in the summer to catch up, so you'll have to redshirt, and then we'll we'll see, and, and I said, but right now, just work on getting your, your GPA, and she was coming from Tucson, so he would drive up, and I mean, pester me, and pester me, and pester me, so finally, I'm like, all right, so you've shown this much initiative, and uh, I'm going to give you a shot, and a shot to redshirt, right? <laughs> and we, we really don't redshirt. Our kids, it's just like you come in, you take classes, you, you get yourself uh, on target, and you go from there. But she was another one that really did a 180 and then ended up joining the, the honors program. So, I mean, awesome kid. Awesome kid. And then ended up getting a, she went to an HBU um, college uh, down in Alabama, finished and now is an assistant coach down there. Um, and again, it's about just opportunities, you know, someone believing in you. And I think that that's, that's the thing is that these kids come in sometimes broken, you know, and not really knowing, not, not knowing what to do or how to do it. And so you come in and you start talking to them and believing in them and showing them the way that, you know, there is opportunity and you can get out of this and there is a future for you. And, and they start believing that and, you know, they flourish on the other end. So that, that again, is, is the part that I love. You know, I've had kids pay their own way. I had an international student come in and, you know, she paid her own way. I mean, who does that? who pays their own way at a community college and there's no dorms here. Yeah. You know? And so again, it's, it's about, they see opportunity and they want to be a part of this. And 
So it, there's a lot of this. And, and, but that's what I'm most proud of is just watching these kids develop and blossom. And, and you know, I've, I've, I feel like I've got every career around. I finally got my first veterinarian, but I've got engineers, doctors, lawyers, coaches, uh, coaches, I mean, everything. And so it, it's amazing. And it's amazing that they call you back and thank you all the time. And, and so it, it, it is, you know, it, it's great because I get to call these kids now that I have coming in. They say, oh, I want to be a physical therapist. Let me call one of my kids because they're a physical therapist now. And they can talk to you about their journey and how it started here at PC. And they went on to the four-year and what they did. So, again, it's, it's about those relationships and, and those bonds. And we're family. So, you know, and you don't forget family. Yeah. And, and we could go all night sharing story after story. And the one thing I, I talk about you in the uh, pre-show is uh, uh, you're one of my favorite coaches uh, uh, in our department. And a lot of it is with your work ethic and the amount of time you sp spend with each individual, which is, it's a lot of time. And, uh, I think that's why your, your days when, when we're in season, we're actually on campus, you know, they end up being anywhere from eight to 14 hours per day because right. we're in a situation of time frames, and you can't, you can't allow them not to have the proper push to drop drop the ball because it just, you, we, you can't be in a situation where they're taking the wrong classes because then you have right. to make up for it in summer. Um, and you got to pay attention to every little detail because you might put yourself in a situation where you got to fundraise more or they have to do extra work so they can transfer to the proper university. And, and if you're not on top of it, talking and networking with coaches for a transition, because it's important to find out where they're going early because then we know how many credits actually transfer. Because it's a never-ending um, uh, process, and the, I think that's probably our hardest job. Is we have to pay attention to everything. You have to know the rules for the NCAA, the NAIA, what mm -hmm. what credits transfer where, and, and you know. And I I was just talking to um, um, a parent, uh, and we we're just talking. I was talking how I always go to the NCAA um, employment. And uh, I always look to see what jobs open. They're like, oh, you look for another job? I'm like, no, I want to know which coaches are leaving. And if they're leaving, I, I want to know who the new coach is so I can contact them because right. they're going to lose players. And I know they need players. Right. And uh, so, I'm, you know, I, those are little details I pay attention to to make sure I can transfer uh, my student athletes. But, um, but it, it's work. And it's a lot of work. Um, I, I want to talk uh, two more things. Uh, this is kind of off from coaching, but I, I want to talk about uh, tell the story of Nolan Ryan. Uh, let's talk about that, and then and then we're going to talk about uh, Bo Jackson, and we'll wrap it up. So, what happened with Nolan Ryan? Here you go. So, of course, you know I um, in transition. I I uh, got out of coaching for a little bit because. You know, I have a daughter and I thought, oh, God, I'm not at home enough. And anyway, I, I got into, you know, just a regular job and I worked for City of Surprise and I was out uh, at their stadium. So they, they um, during spring training, housed the Rangers and the Royals. And so I was part of special events in the spring training. And um, obviously the Rangers were really good during that time and, uh, and the Royals were, but 
they would come in. And so I'm meeting all these professional baseball players, their wives and all this. And, you know, one of the rules was you could not get any kind of signature or anything. And, and so I, A, would never ask, but B, that's not even my sport. I mean, I appreciate baseball, love, you know, love it, but I just didn't really know all of it. And um, Nolan Ryan was uh, the pitcher for the Rangers at the time. And uh, he would always come in and I'd greet him. Hey, how you doing? And, you know, I'd see his wife and kids and they'd go to the suites and, hey, how you doing? Great. And, you know, I was the only one that never asked for balls to be autographed. And uh, he, he came up to me and he said, hey, you know, you want uh, a couple balls autographed? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I couldn't do that. And I said, no, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. So meanwhile, all these people kind of hear this going on and they're thinking, has this lady lost her mind? Like, does she know who this is? And I'm like, I, I know him. I'm thinking, wow, he's older and he's pitching and he's pitching no hitters. Like, damn, he's like 40 some years old and his arm is still, you know, like Superman, you know, and uh, that's what I knew of him. So I was more in awe of his age and how he's maintained over the years than I was you know, who he was. And so, um, again, all the time, I think it became this big joke, like he would just keep coming by. And it was always with either news writers or whatever, they're about to interview him, he'd ask, and I'd say, No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so I end up later on, uh, one of the guys that was a sports writer, he came up to me and said, Do you, you know what you're doing? Like, do you understand what you're doing? And I'm like, what you know he goes those balls would be worth a lot of money just so you know and he didn't just say he'd sign one he said he'd sign a dozen so i'm like okay so you know long story short a couple years ago uh our men's coach men's basketball he played baseball and i was telling him my baseball story (laughs) and he goes please don't share this with anybody (laughs) because if they know anything about baseball and you tell them what you did, he goes, oh, my God. So, of course, I shared the story with him. And he's like, he's one of my heroes. Are you kidding? Like, you really did this? I said, yeah, I didn't know. And he goes, oh, my God, please don't keep playing that. So I told him that story. And he's like, oh, I mean, he just he let me have it. And again, now I look at it. And, of course, I look up, you know, what those signatures are worth. I'm like, yeah. I could have had another kind of situation going on, but it's all good. Well, I'll make sure I'll I'll tag Nolan Ryan on this. I'll I'll, I'll edit this uh, this clip for it. I mean, uh, both of us have a little bit of gray hair. He's probably like, "What? I don't remember that." Yeah. Um. So finally, let's talk about uh, Bo Jackson, a lot of people's hero in both baseball, football, whatever he wanted to do. Uh, Was how. How did you meet Bo Jackson? And uh, yeah, just just tell the story. I, I always love this story. <laughs> so my sister came out to Arizona from uh, Iowa for spring break. And I had, I, I had just had like ankle surgery. And um, I'm like, all right, I got to take her out. You know, and obviously I was down at <clears throat> a little ways from Tempe, but she wanted to be where all the action was right? So I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll take you out to a couple of places. So we decided to go to this 
club and here I am on crutches. And so I'm all crutching around trying to find a table. And she's like, all right, I'm going to go comb around, check this place out. It's looking great, you know. All right, good. Have fun. I'm just going to sit down, plop my leg up. Uh, just come back around when you are when you get back. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm just kind of like, oh, this is crazy. I'm looking at my watch, wondering how long she's going to take because obviously I don't want to be there. And I got a cast on, you know. And so this huge dude comes and he bends over and he says, hey, you, would you like some company? And I go, um, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? I'm thinking, what in the world? And he goes, well, I just have to secure an area and um, we have someone coming in. Would you like some company? I said, why not? You know, I'm bored anyway. I'm sitting here and I actually had the best kind of seating area. Uh, in the place, and I said, all right, so, I mean, boom, 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 all these people come, and these ropes, and these things, like, pop out, and I'm like, damn, and then I said, no, can my sister get back here, because she's wandering around somewhere out there, I go, because she's going to need to come sit back down, and he goes, yeah, 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 and I go, well, who is it, and so he's like, yeah, you know, he's not paying attention to me, so it's like the spotlight, you know, pops on. Here comes Bojack. I know, I know Bojack. <laughs> I'm like, damn. He walks in. I'm like, holy crap. I even stood up. I'm like, I'm like get up on the crutches. Wow. And he goes, no, no, sit down, sit down, sit down. I had the greatest night. I mean, he is so personable. And we, I mean, he just, we talked about everything. And I, I just felt like I was this big celebrity star. And, you know, finally my sister gets done doing all her, like, you know, ch checking out everything. And she comes down, she goes, what, what is going on? And I go, I'm like waving her over like, yeah, come on, let her in, you know? <laughs> and, you know, we meet him and he just, I mean, awesome dude. You know, he talked about, you know, I told him we were from Waterloo, Iowa. And he's like, oh, I played uh, minor leagues there. There's a little minor league team that's there. And, uh, you know, he just talked about the Midwest itself. He loved Kansas, uh, Kansas City when he was playing with the Royals and then, you know, with football. Like, it was just amazing. So, again, I tend to bump into people like that, you know, for whatever reason. I'm just, I guess, I don't know. It's just, that was an amazing night, though. But, yes, bumped into him, had a great night, and, uh, of course, met a lot of people because everybody wanted to right. come see him and everybody wanted to know Bo. Because I think that slogan was, do you know Bo or Bo no or Bo knows. Bo knows something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was super cool. Yeah. So there's a, and if you want to know more of those stories, you can uh, talk to KK uh, personally, not in a <laughs> podcast, because there's more details of that story that oh, we can't talk yeah. about. Uh, nothing deep. inappropriate for KK, but um, it or Bo, it was just kind of the situation, right. but uh, we want this is a rated G podcast, yeah. so we'll keep it that yeah. way. Uh, right. but uh, yeah, so this is your second time on the podcast, and uh, we'll probably have you on again when we ever get going, perfect. And when we're in person, we can talk about your team and and uh, all the things that are going on with uh, yeah, um, this is definitely you know, it's it's hard, you know, we're used to hands-on doing things going and and so coming up with new innovative ways to keep them motivated keeping track of them um you know it, it's real and and making sure they're safe 
You know, yeah. I think we're all in a situation where this is the real deal and we have to safety first. And, you know, we all want to play, but at the same time, not not when an epidemic can take a life. So it's it is important to keep things in perspective and, and that. Yeah. So but uh, I, I will I am looking forward to 2021 because it has been definitely some challenging times. So, yes. And, and it's not it's not about game i know it's it's not about games for you and i because it, it, the game is the carrot right we want to change the these athletes lives right. through sport is is mm-hmm. how we do it and and it is nerve-wracking because you don't know what they're doing right. you can't it, it's it's different when you see them one-on-one you can see their face and you can have a conversation see them daily and you can see if they're okay mm-hmm. and we don't have that luxury right, right now so that 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 right. is scary. A phone call, a Zoom, it's not not going to work. Right, um, it right. doesn't it doesn't work like obviously hands on. So, uh, we're hopeful that things will move move on and we'll we'll get back to the things that we love, which is saving lives at at Phoenix College. And uh, we appreciate everything you do. I see it, you know, down the hallway, uh, what you do, and I know uh, there's a lot of student athletes that really appreciate you and 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 the many lives you've touched that we haven't covered. Um, we covered some, but obviously there's, there's a lot more than uh, right. what we talked about. So, uh, we, we love you, KK. Don't, don't go anywhere. Stay with us. And, and, uh, uh, we're looking forward to 2021 uh, as yes, soon as possible. Absolutely. So this absolutely. is, this is coach Cameron signing out with coach Kincaid and we'll see you guys next time. All right.